Our next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's a big show. Is everybody ready? It's Thirsty Thursday. Happy Thursday. Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Welcome on in. It is The Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jake coming at you from our Carrier Zone Studios here at Vivint Arena. Austin Horton producing today across the glass from me. And safely social distancing from Costa to Monson. The one, the only, Gordon Monson. Gordon, hello. Hello, Jake. I just have one question right off the bat for you. Wow, okay. Who's going to win the Super Bowl? Hmm, not the- Let's take it in two stages, two-stage rocket here. First stage, who's going to make the Super Bowl, and then who's going to win it? This is the second day in a row you're just ambushing us with, like, hot sports topics. What's, know, what's going on? Is this, like, a new strategy for you, no. or, or should I be <laughs> I just, on my guard? I mean, No, I mean, look, I mean, if you haven't come to a conclusion on that yet, that's fine. Uh, but I, I thought you might have... Uh, been cogitating about that a little bit at least about who you think is the best team in football i know who's not going to win it who the buccaneers (laughs) here we go again (laughs) pick up right where we left off i also know who's not going to win it your los angeles rams (laughs) they were mine last season i just uh, adopted them for one year so if they make it all the way to the super bowl and win it then i'll be left Side. Right back on the on the bandwagon. <laughs> so those uh, those two are not going to to win the Super Bowl. Uh-huh. So I don't. From there, I'd, I'd have to whittle. Well, I, I'm pretty confident the Browns are not going to. Outside of that, I I honestly could see uh, any other team make a run. I could see the Saints make a run. The Chiefs, the Bills are are good, even though they underperformed last week and probably should have lost. And I've the, got quite. I've the got Ravens quite a are few. red hot. So yeah, yeah. And uh, I'll tell you, I got a lot of Packer fans in in my house, and I didn't uh, sway them on that. They came to that on their own. Uh, at least, uh, well, I do have a son-in-law who's from Wisconsin, so maybe that had some effect. But I think uh, many of the members of my family just sort of, for whatever reason, they like the pack. And I can't even tell you why I like the pack. When I was a kid, I sort of lost t- touch with them, and and didn't after Vince Lombardi left them. It was kind of just kind of faded away a little bit, but I can't even, maybe it was just because they were so good. I, I don't know. Cause I was really young, Jake. And that's when most people, most, most of our listeners right now, you ask them when they became a fan of the team of which they became, became a fan of, I bet they have a hard time explaining how it happened or, you know, but I, I bet it happened early on in their lives. And you know, especially in a, in a place where there's not a team in the market where you live, as far as the NFL goes. Well, for example, I know Austin is a Tennessee Titans fan because of his passion for Greek mythology. <laughs> I shared that with you. Yes, I didn't think yes, I had. Yes, you did. <laughs> you always were attracted to uh, to muscular Greek men back in the day? 
I don't know why it had to be the men. I, I, I don't know why that had anything there, to do with yeah, it. Yeah, there are also... I saw the movie Hercules as a kid, and it changed me. I don't... <laughs> yeah, why did it have to be the men? That's weird. Is that the first thing when we mention Greek mythology? Is that the first thing that jumps into your mind? Not not, that... not Zeus throwing lightning bolts or something? You're just going with with built Greek men? Well, I just started making fun of Austin, but, you know, is that what a titan is? That's a character in Greek mythology, yes. And what's uh, Titan? Is that the name? They, yes. yes. Titan? You've never seen the, the, the classic movie? Uh, God, what was it about the Clash of the Titans? I don't <laughs> no, know if I'd call that a classic. <laughs> Why not? The, like, half-car cartoon movie that was released, like, ten years ago? No, 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 no. They, it was way, way back, back in the in day. day. Yeah. Okay. So there were Titans on Mount Olympus, but uh, there wasn't one particular person known as Titan? I don't think the Titans were on Mount Olympus, one. They and were no, caged by Zeus. Yeah, right. They were, oh, like, that what they were? warriors of the underworld kind Correct. of thing. Correct. Hades. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, on yeah. Hades' side, huh? But they were the strongest forces outside of Zeus, yes. Now, okay, was Hades a brother of go. Zeus? I don't know. Read your Bible. <laughs> is, it, is it in the Bible? One of them, I'm sure, has it. It's in there somewhere. I don't think Greek mythology is in the Bible. You're not I've reading never... the right Bible. <laughs> I didn't mean to take us down this road. I had no idea Gordon didn't... didn't uh... Well, the, first of all, he connected Greek mythology with, with some sort of, like, something you'd see on Cinemax. He went Chester with it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in, a, in a weird Who's way. Titans Greek mythology? Well, Wait must a be minute. after midnight. Wait a minute. Are there, is Greek mythology part? I mean, is, is anything Greek, is that uh, is, have a tawdry kind of feel to it? No. <laughs> You're the one that Jake said, I like the Titans because of my affinity for Greek mythology. You went, oh, you like naked men, do you? I, I didn't That's say true. naked. I didn't half say, naked. I did not say half naked you or did. naked. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. No, no, I said Greek. You, I said there Greek was something man, about you know the clothing. that this, this show's on I tape, said right? nothing about the clothing. I said, oh, do you have an affinity for Greek men? Oh, okay. I don't think that's what you Still. said. Still. That is what I said. Check the tape. I guarantee it. I didn't say anything about naked men or half-naked men. It, it really, truly doesn't matter. But you did say something along those lines. It was absolutely chestered up for <laughs> you sure. You guys, I, you know, I'm really, you need to. Uh, Wait, when you said you like the Packers, I didn't say, oh, you like men with cheese, do you? <laughs> But that's where you went with the Titans. So, oh, Greek, Greek mythology. Yeah, that's that's kind of what they are. The like, higher your strong. voice goes, the the more guilty you say. Yeah, <laughs> no, I you guys, you guys gotta get your hearing checked. I mean, I'm wearing headphones. I think I'm hearing just fine. <laughs> I need to turn my hearing down. I think. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> okay. I hear way too much. Can you just take Gordon out of my ear? Is that possible? Now? <laughs> <laughs> well, proceed well, you, with the Austin, show. You just Gordon will relay. talk. I'll then relay it to Jake. Yeah, just, Jake will talk. I'll relay it we'll to Gordon. We'll see if that works. That, the ratings will skyrocket. I, probably, you know, the funny good. thing about that is I remember my my mother-in-law, uh, may she rest in peace, a uh, very nice, generous woman. But she used to, uh, she used to like, I'd be standing in the room and she would talk through her daughter, Lisa, my wife, to me, she would say things like to Lisa, she'd say, does Gordon want a hamburger? And I'm standing right there. What does that mean? I don't know what that means. I've got a similar problem, but for a much different reason. What? 
Well, my my uh, father-in-law speaks in a very heavy accent. English is in his <laughs> his first uh, uh, is in his first language, but he gets um, he he's a, a passionate storyteller. He he loves to tell. He's a very animated guy. You guys have both met my father-in-law. Very. Uh, very upbeat type of dude, yeah. and uh, he'll get kind of lost in a story, and he'll go from English to Farsi, <laughs> and so, <laughs> so the, the his kids will have to, the, they fill me in and then remind him to go back to English. So he just fades right into it. Yeah, he did because he gets into what he's saying and he gets into what he's what he's talking about, and then kind of fades into Farsi. And then have I, you learned any Farsi? Uh, no, not much. Well, I think that's sort of your part of your duty, isn't it? To learn a new language? Yeah, I mean, to I don't communicate think so. with your in-laws. Well, yeah. it's it, he knows English, Gordon. I mean, he can we communicate just fine. I'm just talking about occasionally when he's telling a story or something. <laughs> you don't think it would impress? You don't think it would impress him for you to put forth the effort to maybe learn a little of the native tongue? I don't know. Why, why do you need to impress him? Yeah, I impress him. You're already fine. married to his daughter, well, right? You know? And we get over. <laughs> and we get, get along great. <laughs> Get along terrifically. I know. Well. I, know I know that. I'm not saying impress in that way. I'm saying that maybe he would he would think that was kind of cool that you put in the effort to uh, to do that. How has uh, your uh, sons in law impressed you, Gordon, since marrying your daughters? Oh, uh, they're they've all they've all impressed me. That's a non-answer. That is a non-answer. But the the correct answer is buy you shoes. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Actually, each of my, two of my sons-in-law have, have you know, bought me shoes yeah. as a gift. Uh-huh. And the other one isn't invited and, over. And the other one's <laughs> been cut out of the family. <laughs> All right. We do have a lot to do today, Gordon. Uh, let's, we'll, we'll start things out here in the split uh, talking about uh, Urbo. Uh, Urban Liar, as you once called him in a column. Uh, and uh, we'll get into the jazz. We'll talk some NBA. Fallout from the big trade. Uh, and uh, and other uh, spontaneous hilarity, I'm sure. Yeah, um, I, I hope it's hilarity. I hope it's not feeble attempts at humor. Okay, so it's mostly feeble attempts at humor, but <laughs> but maybe we'll maybe we'll stum- stumble we, into something along. We the way. we acknowledge that right off the bat. Yeah, right? we we bat about two fifty. You know, <laughs> we're we're. we're we if we can edge just, that up toward three, three, you know, uh, three hundred, then uh, you know we'd probably or a little bit above that. We'd you know we'd really be leading the league. We bounce between Salt Lake and Anaheim all season. We do. Yeah. We we hit well enough just to keep our toe in the water, <laughs> okay. and we're not a particularly strong defensive player either. So. <laughs> okay, oh. we stretched this analogy far enough. All right, it is uh, it is time for the split story of the day. Austin, please. Two guys, two topics, two, two, two. two opinions. You talk, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. I think it's great. I think it's it's good for the NFL. It's it's good for Coach Meyer and his family, another, another challenge. Uh, it all, I mean, it all depends on... Who's running the offense and defense? Quite honestly, uh, he'll he'll do great to to be a mentor and lead the team and and do all those things that head coach does. But if your offense and defense coordinator don't match up with your players, it, it's not going to matter. So it'll be interesting who his hires are for that if he does get the job and uh, how much time they're going to give him. And it's not going to be an easy fix. 
regardless of uh, you get Trevor and I, it's not like he's going to make you a playoff team. It's going to take a couple years to build rebuild this team. And, uh, you know, I think they got a bunch of picks over the next couple of years with the Jalen Ramsey trade and whatnot. So, yeah, it's, I think it's exciting. I think we're all all have somewhat vested in Coach Meyer because he was at the U for a couple of years and started the process of bringing Utah back on the map and then Coach Witt taking it over and taking it even higher than it was. So we'll see what happens. That was Eric Weddle, who was on with Hanson Scotty. And by the way, he's been uh, on with them weekly, uh, kind of their NFL. Uh, they do an hour on uh, on Thursday's NFL preview show. And, man, has it been fun to listen to. He's he's always really, really terrific. But uh, there was Eric talking about his former coach, Urban Meyer, who apparently is in advanced talks. I, I, I wish they'd just put pen to paper because I, I love it how slowly this process is going. But it looks like um, they're finalizing a deal for Urban to be the next head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, Urban taking a taking a try at the NFL. What do you think, Gordon? Yeah, he's the, got the third highest winning percentage of any college coach uh, who has coached more than a hundred games. I think he's like at eighty four point eighty five point four percent or something like that. And that includes the times back at Bowling Green and all that. And you know, he's he's had tremendous success. And I think he's a really smart guy. He's uh, stubbed his toe along the way, and he's made some stupid mistakes. But uh, but does he know football? I think he does. And I think he knows how to organize and coordinate a team. Uh, you know, everyone, a lot of people, I wrote a column about this. I don't, I don't know when it's going to be posted, SL Trib, but you can look for it and see if you agree or disagree with it. But uh, he... Uh, Nick Saban failed at the pro level and went back to Alabama and thrived. Uh, others have made that jump. Pete Carroll has done well for himself, wouldn't you say? And uh, although at the NFL level, you never know. I mean, Doug Peterson wins a Super Bowl. How many years ago was that? Three mm-hmm. or four? Four, I think. So right? Four? Mm-hmm. And now he's gone. Uh, it's it's, it's uh, tenuous at best. And I remember having a talk with Norm Chow about coaching in the NFL, and he said, hey, man, all they care about is winning. That's what they care about. It's a business. It's a tough business, and that's what they want you to accomplish there. And if you don't, you're gone. And so it will be see. It'll be interesting to see if Urban, how Urban does uh, from a strategic standpoint. You know, I mean, he's through the years, he's had a run-heavy offense, uh, you know, spread offense, moving the ball on the ground. It's kind of like Oregon when Chip Kelly was there. Remember, everyone used to think Oregon threw the ball all the time. <laughs> Jake, you and I have had that conversation. They ran it an awful lot. And Urban teams have as well. But in the NFL, it seems like the pass is king now. And so he can he make those adjustments uh, at the NFL level? And then there's the whole idea of whether he can uh, withstand the own the own his own pressure that he feels and that he puts on himself and we can get into that i get into it into the column and as you know i wrote uh, his life story 15 years ago and and he gave me all kinds of interesting background as far as why he turned out the way he did and also his health concerns i mean he puts a lot of pressure on himself his his health has suffered from time to time as he's retired from college football on a couple of occasions. And so how will he do in the NFL? I think he's smart enough. 
Uh, and maybe he's learned some lessons along the way. I don't know that for a fact. But uh, I think there is a good chance he could be successful at the NFL level. I know there are a lot of people who disagree with that and are kind of hoping that he flops. But uh, can he can he succeed in the NFL? I think the answer to that is yes. So I I have a couple of, of thoughts here, Gordon. One quickly on the on the losing. Um, in 2003, he lost two games at the University of Utah, and after one of which, he uh, he uh, punched out his offensive coordinator. So he does not <laughs> he does not handle losing particularly well, and he's going to lose a lot with the Jaguars. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. But it, Gordon, when we were doing the show together years ago, back at the other at uh, at the other spot, uh, we were talking about Jimmer Fredette and how he would do at the next level. And my opinion on on Jimmer at the time was he's he's a special player, and everybody said, "Oh, he'll be good at the NBA level because he'll he'll be a more he'll learn how to be a more traditional point guard." Uh-huh. And that, that never made any sense to me because you're basically telling Jimmer that, "Hey, Jimmer, everything that makes you special." We don't want you to do it, you know. Like you, you, you. That's what he was good at. It was the way he played it at BYU. He wasn't. If you wanted him to be something else, that wasn't what made him a unique basketball player. So with that, that thought in mind for a second, I don't know how it's going to go for for Urban at the next level because the two main things uh, pop out at me. One, his offense has made him special at the collegiate level, and he's going to have to change that. Because yeah. I don't think it's going to work. And two, the other thing that's made him successful at the collegiate level was the way that he runs things and his overall um, dominating presence, right. if you get uh-huh. what I'm saying. Well, he, he, used, he used fear as yeah, a motivator. Yeah, he did use fear as a motivator. And he he, he played a, a lot of those types of games, right? No, those aren't going to work at the next level either. So... That's already two things that he's going to have to change about himself and two major factors of why he was successful at the collegiate level. So X's and O's, he has to change. The way he manages has to change. That's that's some pretty big stuff that he's going to have to fix or change or whatever to succeed at the NFL level. And I don't know. I don't know if I'd bet on that going well. Well, let me let me address one each of those uh, one at a time. The first one, I agree with what you said about how difficult it is for him to lose. Uh, I remember a quote, and I put this in my my column that'll be posted either today or tomorrow. I don't know when it's going to be posted, but he said, and he told he told this to me personally. He said it straight to my face. I can't function as a human being after a loss. I can't eat. I can't shave, I can't hug my kids. That's <laughs> that's a pretty big hurdle, like you said, to be able to handle that, because everybody loses in the NFL. If you get fortunate like Bill Belichick and you get one of the all-time greats at quarterback, wait for it, wait for it. What? You go Not ahead, gonna... proceed. Yeah, we know, you're, we know how you feel about Tom Brady. It's all right. You were making a point. <laughs> So he, he was fortunate uh, to some extent. Remember, Bill Belichick failed the first time he coached, or he had a little success, but not not really anything like he did later when things were set up for him better. So he'll have to learn to handle that. He'll have to stay healthy, and that's a big deal. And whether those – I'm not a doctor. I don't know if those two things are connected, but they might be. 
And as but as far as the strategy goes in the NFL, one thing that I believe is that even though Urban Meyer was kind of the grand puppet master, he was like the controlled everything. He did listen to his assistant coaches if he thought they knew what they were talking about. And I I do think if he hires the right offensive coordinator who who really and that, that's probably a lot of what's going on right now, back and forth in this negotiation. He wants the right people in the right place so he can succeed. One thing Urban's not is he's not dumb. I mean, you pointed this out. Every time he went to a college situation, what was it in shambles or was it pretty good? It was rolling. <laughs> it was ready to roll if it, it, or it was underachieving, and he knew it could do better And when he swooped in. And so I think he he's looking at the circumstances and saying, okay, so this is what the Jags were doing. This is what was failing. This is what I need to make it better. Uh, he needs a really good personnel guy, and he needs uh, some terrific coordinators. And if he can do that, and if the Jags are willing to shell out all that money for him, what are they offering him? It's like a ton of money, isn't it? Ten million, more than ten million. I don't know. It's a bunch. So if he if he gets what he wants so that he can uh, darn near ensure that things will get better, then, then yeah, I think he can succeed. Except and for... let those guys do what they do. Because at the NFL level, the coach can't make all those calls. The coach can't take over like they do in college. Just It doesn't work that way. But I, but I think he does recognize a skilled guy who can help him. Except for, here's the thing, Gordon, the Jags stink. They don't have uh, any good players. They've got cap room, <laughs> which is a thing, and they're going to have a rookie quarterback. Next year is going to go badly. <laughs> it is. Well, yeah, it, yeah, it's going to go badly. And and that's the you know rebuilding project and all that stuff. I mean, you, you know, you come to expect it, but they don't they don't have any players. And if you're thinking that Trevor Lawrence is going to come in and and the Jags are going to make the playoffs, that's not happening. So but I, you know that in the NFL, it's uh, of all the pro leagues, it's the one where if smart decisions are made, you can go from worst to first. But, but my point is that this is not Florida, this is not Utah, this is not Ohio State. He doesn't have those advantages that he's going into. In fact, it's the opposite for maybe the first time in his career, which is interesting. So we'll we'll see how that goes. But he doesn't automatically get the best players anymore. So he can have a good personnel guy, but the other the team on the other side of the football is going to be equally as talented, if not more so, in most cases. So this weren't is, the Jags, this is going to be weren't different. Weren't the Jags looking up just a couple of years ago? Weren't they uh, looking pretty good on the defensive side? They had some nice defensive backs, and it seemed like they – this is the thing. In the NFL, it's a slippery slope, man. I, th- I think you can either slide out or you can you can climb up. Well, they let all those players go before they paid them. And the one that they did pay, Jalen Ramsey, they ended up trading. So, I mean, <laughs> so some bad decisions have been made. Or good, and depending on if where you, you know, if you thought your team capped out, uh, you know, or topped out or whatever. I mean, they got, they had to move on from Bortles. Strange that he was a quarterback on a, on a team that went that far. Well, they're going to get Trevor Lawrence. And he's so going to take his lumps, as all rookies. He do. is. He, I, re, I remember John Elway as a rookie, and how how pathetic he looked at times, and he seemed to be able to to correct it. Um, and that gets back to whether Urban can withstand that kind of losing to begin with. I, I think if he's adjusting his mindset to the point where, okay, I need some time to do this, 
But if I do do it, I've got a heck of an opportunity to make an impact. I've got a heck of an opportunity to look really good, to make a bunch of money, and to prove that I can make a big difference at the highest level of football, something he's never done before. So I, I think that can, most coaches that I've talked to through the years, it's not always true with all of them, but many of them have large, large egos. And they have more than that. They have remarkable self-belief. They think they can make a difference. They think they can change things. They think they can make it better. And uh, I'll bet you Urban Meyer will check every one of those boxes, even though he's also been smart enough to move to programs where he knew he could win and win fast. That won't be the case here, but, but if he sees a clear path and a commitment on the part of ownership to accomplish those things, uh, I, I I can understand why he he might want to do it. Now, he's 56 years old. Isn't that Urban 56? I think he's 56, 57, something like that. So he's not exactly a spring chicken, but he's got he's got some time if he handles it correctly and uh, he uh, takes care of his health and takes the right attitude that he could, you know, he, he's got time and some energy to get something positive done. All right, so let's let's play this game for a second. And uh, I think the last time I played this game, and we did it with John Gruden, and I was uh, uh, completely wrong. Uh, but over under, and let's you set the number here, Gordon. Over under, how many seasons is Urban Meyer the head coach at Jacksonville? Uh well, a lot of that just depends on what we were just talking about. Well, of course I, it does. That's why I, I pose it. Set us a set us a number, regardless, regardless of the reason he's not there. Uh, well, it's a, it's a good question, and I know what you're up to here, Jake, because if he if he doesn't do well, he's gone because he, he, won't, he won't abide that. If he does do well, he might be gone anyway because that's been his M.O. Everywhere he's gone, he doesn't stay all that long. Uh, so I would guess five way under, I would say Austin over under how many seasons he'll be there. Yeah. Five. Uh, three and a half. So, so you're going under as well. Gordon set the number at five. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought Gordon was just saying that would be his no, number. No, that was his over under. Oh, that's, then that, that was my, no, that, no, that was my number. Uh, I, over under, maybe I'd go four. Oh, I, I said set the, no, I said, Okay. I'm not a gambler. I don't know your. Then say four and a half, and you're taking the under or uh, over. Over under player arrests while Urban Meyer's the coach in Jacksonville. Forty. Well, that's one over thing under. we know about. He doesn't care. <laughs> he doesn't care about this. Anybody else but yeah, himself. Right. You know, this yeah. is one of the interesting things about the way he goes about his business. Is in the very moment. I remember when Aaron Hernandez was playing for him at Florida, and 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 uh, and Urban was reading. By having Bible study with him, or at least talking as though he did. And so he, <laughs> I don't think Urban Meyer cares that much about character. He cares about winning. But he, that's the thing. He talks as though he does care about that stuff. You know why, how I know that Urban Meyer is a bad driver? Oh. Constantly looking the other way. Zing. Nailed it. Got him. <laughs> Well, he does have a tendency to ignore that which uh, is inconvenient for him to know. And the thing about him is anybody who's addicted to 
attention to detail the way he is, you know he knows. He knows everything. No, he doesn't. It was Shelly who knew. She never told oh. him. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> she never told him. That's what he uh, said. That's what Urban uh, said. Know. But he said later that he failed in his approach to that, which uh, translated means he lied. Well, he but... succeeded in throwing Shelbell right under the bus. <laughs> I really like Shelly. She's a nice woman. Shelbell went right under. <laughs> Remember she used to come over to the studio and we used to, uh, she was a very uh, engaging woman, fun to talk to and smart. I thought she, uh, uh, well, no, I won't bring that up. But I, I thought your Urban Liar column created some rift there. Wasn't she, probably wasn't did. she I mean, grumpy about that? Oh, I'm sure she was. She's a champion of her man. And uh, so, I mean, but. I, mean, I remember when you said or, this about Shelly Meyer. I will say that uh, in seeing Shelly next to him on the broadcast, she's uh, she's not as uh, young as she once was. No, I'm not insulting her. She was always a beautiful lady, and she still is, but she she just looks like she's, you know, it's it's been 10 years. Oh, I forgot <laughs> about you running down, Shell Bell. Oh, Austin, oh, really, you, man. you really got I mean, I mean, there is no forgiveness in the radio business. Wow. You know, because it's all recorded. That was the hot take of hot takes That's right there. That's not me twisting anything. That, those, no, I remember that. that. Those were your words, sir. Yeah, but that happens to all of us. I mean. We all uh, called to say Shelly Meyer looks old? No. It looks like no. it's been 10 years. It looks like, yeah. No, better, I mean, I, I wonder I if she that. took up smoking because it looks no, like the last 10 I years have been rough. That. <laughs> now you guys are embellishing as usual. We heard I, the tape. We know what you said. <laughs> well, I mean, I could say the same thing about myself. I could say that about you. I could say that about anybody. But you didn't. You said it about Shelly. <laughs> I really like Shelly. Really you've like been Shelley. hitting the bottle because you really I, put on the years. Boy, there. you ran I, out of anti aging cream, didn't you? I spent a lot of time with Shelly, and I was impressed. She, she's, uh, she really, she's for an old lady. She gets around. No, <laughs> see, this is what you guys are saying, not what I said. <laughs> when did Shellbell turn into B. Arthur? <laughs> she couldn't read those texts. She can't see very well. All right, more next. Stay tuned. Big Show, ninety-seven-five and twelve eighty. The Zone. Regarding Shaq, I think he's just doing his job. You know, he's a he's an entertainer now. He he, he speaks on TV, and uh, Shaq is one of the guys that I that I looked up to as a as a young basketball player, and uh, he's someone that I respect. You know, that doesn't mean that I respect everything that he says, but uh, I don't take it personal. You know, I think he's uh, he's just doing his job, and uh, my job is to to help my team win, and you know, nothing will ever distract that distract me from doing that that was rudy gobert today talking about uh, his comments or well Shaq's comments we'll get into that here in a second but band of the day today is paul mccartney uh selected by gordon and brought to you by live nation concerts buy concert tickets and get the latest tour news and artist insight at livenation.com i was telling austin gordon off the air paul mccartney the third best Beatles, third most talented Beatles. <laughs> The Beatles are the most overrated band in history. Oh, that hurts. I that would, really hurts. I would say it goes George, 
Ringo, Paul, John. <laughs> Ringo. <laughs> Ringo was the add-on. Hey, 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 hey. Ringo was brilliant. That 89-year-old listener that we just heard an email from, Jake, does not appreciate these comments. No, I'm sure. You're darn right. And I'm going to read part of what he wrote. No, we voted. I got got this email yesterday, and he said, uh, this is Greg. I won't give his last name, Gregory. Uh, But he said, just wanted you to know that I really enjoy listening to your show. I am probably a little older than you. Uh, but I get a kick out of listening to the younger people you talk to, especially your co-hosts. And, and that's a plural there. And so, Austin, what I'm going to read next is going to make you and Austin mad. But he's considering you a co-host, Austin. So I think that's kind of a compliment. He says, and then he goes on and talks about all the music. He's been to 300-plus concerts and all these great bands and acts he's seen and how much he loves music and all this stuff. This email got longer. But then Seriously. he said, and he said, anyway, tell Jake and the rest <laughs> tell Jake and the rest of the crew that some of us listeners think his music sucks. Keep up the great work. You make me laugh. You know, Gordon's yeah. right. I do have bad taste in music. That's fine. <laughs> Have a nice day, Greg. Thanks for waiting in. Have a have the worst day of your life, Greg. But see, he from the Austin's rest of all, the crew. Austin's all chapped because he got relegated to rest of the crew. May you get status. three flat tires. So, so I'm thinking maybe we and should start poisoning. calling. Should we start calling Austin crew? I dare you. I'm going to stick with Austin. <laughs> Austin seems to fit him pretty well. <laughs> Yeah. I was going to do okay. this for uh, airing of grievances. Now i got to find something else. <laughs> Glad we burned it here. Yeah, good. Uh, Rudy Gobert responding uh, to Shaquille O'Neal. You heard what he said uh, right there, Gordon. Uh, Shaq just uh, continues to uh, uh, go at Rudy. Uh, this latest incident, Shaq retweeted um, uh, somebody's tweet, Gordon, and it was a, a highlight of Rudy Gobert getting a block shot. Uh, or no, 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 it was a highlight of Jarrett Allen going against Rudy Gobert. And uh, the, the tweet says, Baguette Biombo, and Shaq retweeted that. So then Rudy was once again asked about uh, Shaquille O'Neal, and uh, we, of course, just heard his uh, response right there that respected Shaq as a player, looked up to him when he was a kid, but doesn't have to agree with everything he says. Well, yeah, and that's a great attitude on his part. I mean, we know Rudy well enough to know that he does not like being disrespected, right? So he doesn't like it, but he's not going to make a big deal out of it. And you can tell by the way he says what he says. Either he really knows the right thing to say or he really has adjusted his mindset to be able to absorb that without much of a problem. And because uh, he's right on the money. He said, hey, look, that's Shaq's job to make – comments and it's my job to help my team win i mean can you think of a better answer than that unless he had a really clever uh, you know comeback but what he said is true so it doesn't really matter what shaq thinks it doesn't and, and i, I and it doesn't matter what you think or i think and you know i mean we think what we think and we do our jobs and we give our opinions and we hope to stir the opinions, the individual opinions of our listeners, and they can think what they want, but what effect that actually has on Rudy Gobert's performance on the floor, it's it's completely disconnected. It should be. 
If I were Rudy, my response would be just to point out that Shaq wasn't good at basketball. <laughs> he was not a skilled basketball player. And if you're saying that uh, Rudy can't run over the guy in front of him as well as Shaq used to, then, well, terrific point there. But I, I don't, I don't get the Shaq thing. This is, this is just needling Rudy. This isn't um, him on TNT giving his opinion. Well, once he, once he gets something started, he doesn't want to back away from it. So he's going to throw a little gas on that fire, just to, uh, you know, I don't know. I would respect it way more if it weren't some jab from a podcast or some stupid retweet. If he actually went on TNT and gave his opinion about Rudy Gobert and backed it up with uh, uh, other mm, uh, points than just 11 points. He, he uh, <laughs> I can't do it. I can't go deep enough for Shaq. He's got that deep, quiet voice. But, uh, you know, just throwing out there like, all you have to do to make $200 million, score 11 points. I mean, even Shaq is, is intelligent enough to know it's more nuanced than that, you know? So if he well, were actually, if I he were on TNT I... and delivering his opinion about why he doesn't think Rudy Gobert is worth that contract, I, I'd find that way more tolerable than the childish behavior of just needling Rudy. I mean, it's so troll-like. It's not a commentator. It's somebody trying to make fun, and I think that's dumb. But maybe that's a reflection of his quote-unquote playful nature. You know, maybe he doesn't even mean it. I I don't know. I haven't talked with Shaq about it, but I think you know it's like guys in the locker room. They give each other the business a little bit. They just tease them and make fun of them. And I I don't know whether he's he sincerely thinks that Rudy is uh, not uh, not much to to speak of on a basketball court. You know, he didn't say he sucks. He said uh, you know he scores 10, 11, 11, 12 points to make two hundred million. He, Doesn't, he, he, knows, his, he knows Rudy is a terrific defensive player in presence. He called him Baguette Biombo. <laughs> so don't go speaking for what Shaq knows or does not know. <laughs> I, I just don't know the complete truth. Uh, I think he's, he's, he's making a game out of it, and I, I don't know whether he really believes what he's, what he's saying there. It could just be goofing around, but it might be the truth. If it is then it doesn't really matter to Rudy. I mean, yeah, he'll take his compliments from, from uh, regardless of what you say, uh, a great NBA center, a Hall of Famer. Uh, but uh, it's not going to have a big impact on, on what he contributes on the floor. That's, that's, uh, that's up to Rudy to, to think about and do and, and accomplish. You know what a lot of people don't know about Shaq? Really quiet talker. Yeah, he is. Really, like, amazingly quiet talker. I have to really concentrate when he talks, and probably people say that about me too, but I, because I, I, he does, he, he kind of talks in a little tone. And, and I know when I've interviewed him that it's, you've really got to focus on what he's saying in order to pick it all up. Well, they, they obviously bump it up on the television with microphones and that sort of thing, but that, I was surprised when I... Uh, you know, first uh, was part of a group interview with Shaquille O'Neal. I mean, you had to, to put the microphone like right next to his mouth. And even then, like if you were reaching, you couldn't hear what he was saying. Who was it who hit him with the microphone that time? Uh, I don't know. Did somebody, somebody hit him with the microphone? Somebody, I think. I think somebody had a mic that was too close to his. And they probably did that. I mean, I stepped on Shaq's toe because we're we're all trying to get close enough to hear what he's saying. 
And uh, but anyway, Rudy's a terrific player. He knows he's a good player. He, I mean, the Jazz aren't stupid. They don't pay two hundred million dollars to somebody who's not a, a terrific presence. And and Rudy is, and he knows that. And Shaq just being Shaq, and that, that's fine. You know, I mean, I don't think uh, I don't think Rudy's too concerned about it. We'll have more coming up next. Stay tuned. Big Show 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Come on, Austin. I thought we were done with, with the Christmas music. Well, do you have do you have a problem with the Savior's birth, Jake? No, no, I just has to only be one day a year. I just don't dig Christmas music. That's all. And I thought we were well. I don't that. dig Beatles music. So here we are. Of all the Paul McCartney music you're playing this song, yeah, Paul McCartney. Was of great. all the bands you could have chosen, you picked Paul McCartney, Sir Paul McCartney, and uh, not in this he, country. Uh... <laughs> Oh, I think that Paul. We McCartney won that war, Gordon. Has a little bit of talent, yeah. Uh, yeah, the third most on the Beatles. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> I can't go that you, far, but you, li- you listed Ringo in front of Paul, way in front of Paul. Paul is part of the greatest songwriting duo of all time. I disagree. I think Elton John and Bernie Taupin are the greatest songwriting <laughs> duo of all time. <laughs> Okay. And I go with the Hanson brothers. Who was that dude who uh, wrote with Jerry Garcia for uh, for the Grateful Dead? They, that was a pretty good duo. Uh, Bill Walton. <laughs> it could have been Bill Walton. The Hanson <laughs> brothers. Brilliant. Mbop. Brilliant songwriters. Uh, I'd like to see where the Beatles would have gone without Ringo. Jeez, why are you selling Ringo? Because Ringo was just a last-second add-on. They needed a freaking drummer. Yeah, it's it's not a coincidence that they were going nowhere until they added Ringo to the band. <laughs> okay. what, you know, what did Ringo write? Act Naturally? Was that his song? What was his song? Whatever. So songwriting wasn't his strength. There were all sorts of other ways to be talented. What do you mean? He was back there just banging the drum. And, Whoa, and I know hey, hey, let's not, I know that I, I know that's important. I know, I know. I've had enough friends who are drum players or drummers to uh to appreciate the all the rest of the music is hung on the on the drum. But You've got a lot of drummer friends? I got a few. You do? Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, they, they instructed me on how important that is. So I, when I go to a concert now, I listen for the drums, and they're right. It's pretty important. Got a lot of oboe player friends. <laughs> Talk to them all the time. They talk to me and about how, wailing away on that oboe. How important, how important that oboe is to every Wait, single... an oboe? Don't you blow into an oboe? Yeah, what's your point? Well, you you were talking about it as though you were strumming it or something. <laughs> oh, I know what an oboe is, Gordon. <laughs> uh, <laughs> big trade yesterday, and the Nets are all of a sudden the biggest story in sports. 
Um, they've got two major stories going on simultaneously. Gordon, we talked a lot about the Dr- James Harden trade yesterday, but Kyrie Irving is also absent from the team, and nobody really knows why. Sean Marks uh, had a p- press conference yesterday and did address it. It was a, a James Harden press conference, but uh, here's a few of the things he had to say. Gordon, quote, I'm not going to shy away from it. Without a doubt, the organization is disappointed with not having any one of our players, in this particular case, Kyrie, not amongst us, not in the trenches with us, and so forth. He went on to say, I don't want to speculate and say why he's out and so forth. I've had conversations with him, and I'll continue to have conversations, and we look forward to him being back in the gym uh, where he will address this, unquote. Um, not a particularly newsworthy uh, statement other than that the franchise is disappointed. This is not um, a mutual uh, endorsed absence. Yeah, it's not excused. Well, it, it might be excused, but only painfully. So where, yeah, you, where, uh, where are you landed on this? Because playing basketball is his job. I'm sure the, yeah. the franchise wants to give him some flexibility as a special player. And, and again, we don't know the, the personal matter. I, I would assume it's obviously important to him. But usually when it comes to these sorts of things, it's kind of, you know, the, the franchise and the player are really on the same page. I think what's wor- newsworthy about this is they're not. Um, Mike Conley, for example, last year in the bubble going, uh, how many games did he miss to go um, – be there at the birth of his child. Did he missed two. I think it was two. Two. two does that sound right? Uh-huh, uh, I, think so. I, I think that's what it is. But he and the Jazz were fully on board with how that situation was handled. Right? It was you know Jazz were happy for you go and do it, and and Mike obviously really wanted to do it and worked hand in hand with the Jazz to do so. In this case, you know, they're disappointed. Gordon and I wonder if if yesterday's trade uh, did have anything to do with their losing faith in their other pillar that they've selected. Yeah, there's been a lot of speculation about that. I I typically, Jake, am not. Well, this is a different case because if you're missing games, then it better be an important reason. And I, I reflect back on. Jerry Sloan's attitude about players missing games, there were circumstances that he would fully endorse that. But, but, and we don't know what those exactly what's going on with Kyrie. Uh, but he, I guess if I'm speaking for the Nets, I would think he, he better have a good, a good reason. Uh, this neat, you know, I'm not saying that guys should never miss games and I'm not even particularly that big. When I heard Alan Iverson said what he said about practice, we haven't heard that in a little while. Maybe we need to play that again. But, uh, when I hear him complain about that, I empathize with him to some extent because he was a guy who went out and busted his hump on the court for the Sixers. I mean, he gave that team all he could give it during games and the fans in Philly who I grew up around and they loved him for it. They loved him for this little guy out there all over the court doing what he could to help his team win. And so he misses practice or whatever. And people make a big deal out of his statement about practice. Uh, it's, I, 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 I feel for him in that regard, but if you're missing games too, and just deserting your team, when when they all want to be out there working hard and they are working hard and, and doing what they can, then then that's such a precedent that takes it to a different orbit. Well, I, I also think that that's would tell us why he were, was not with the team if they approved of it. 
So I don't I don't think the team approved of uh, yeah. certainly approves of whatever reason it is. And yeah. again, I, I I struggle with you know people throw out there missing for personal reasons. I mean that could cover such a wide swath of things. You want to be delicate uh, in in you know looking down on somebody for that because we're all you know going through this thing we call life uh, in our own chosen fashion. But uh, it's obvious to me that the Nets don't approve of the reason that he's missing games. And I I wonder. I mean they've had a year of Kyrie Irving, you know, not together with Kevin Durant obviously, but a year to get to know the dude. And, uh, you know, with this type of situation and they made such a major move to add James Harden, I just wonder if it means that they, they honestly they are, are having a little buyer's remorse with Kyrie Irving or, or don't think he's a, um, um, a solid enough ship to put your championship hopes in. It's, 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 it's crazy to me that a guy is willing to accept his paycheck and then not do what's necessary to provide good services in return. I mean, he, he's a very talented guy who makes a whole lot of money. I get that. I get both sides of it. But to just be cavalier or casual about the way you approach your team, that, that's where I draw the line. Like I said, Allen Iverson, okay, misses practice or whatever, he's going to be okay because I know he's going to give everything he has out on the floor. But with Kyrie, I, I can't really say that with any amount of confidence. I don't know what's going on right now. And maybe if it's something serious, it's something serious and fine. But if we assume that based on the tone and tenor of what the Nets are saying about him, then that then if it is substandard, then, then shame on him for doing that. Are you giving your paycheck back? What, what, what excuse do you have for not doing your job? What, do, what does the University of Virginia have to do with anything, Gordon? Was that a, was that a joke? Well, you said something about the Cavaliers in there. I don't know. Uh, I... Uh, I didn't say Cavaliers. I think I said Cavalier. Hey, I'm Jake Scott, and I'm the newest Wahoo. Yeah, I, I was sitting on that joke for like, I know you said Cavalier like five minutes ago, but I was, I'm was. i not going to let a good joke go to waste. Good opportunity. <laughs> uh, Austin, how would you rate that uh, little attempt at humor? Uh, it's not the worst the show's heard in the last 24 hours. <laughs> oh, that was their other time when Jake tried to make a joke. Stay tuned. We've got what's going on coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.